0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a Mouse Clubhouse Conversation. Hi, this is Scott Wolf, and this conversation is with Jack Gladish. Jack started his Disney career as a precision camera machinist, working on various mechanical equipment, including the multiplane camera, a camera unique to Disney, which helped give lifelike dimension to Walt's animated films. Jack later went on to become an engineer working on attractions for Disneyland and Disney's exhibits at the 1964 New York World's Fair, and eventually for the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Some of the projects Jack was involved with throughout the years include Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, The Carousel of Progress, Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, The Jungle Cruise, Adventure Through Inner Space, and much more. To begin this conversation from 2014, I asked Jack about how he got his start at Disney. Here's Jack Gladish not, the union got me a job. And even though that Disney didn't have a union, uh, I, I worked for Fairmont Studios and I worked for Fox Hill Studios uh, for a little while. And, uh, you know, in the studios, uh, the last one in is the first one out. You know how that goes. Right. And uh, so I got laid off of Fairmont and uh, I have somebody you know, from the union call me and said, Hey, there's an opening at Disney. Would you like it? And I said, sure. And uh, so I went to work as a precision camera machinist for them, Uh-oh. and that's where I got my start. And I've uh, uh, done a, a lot of uh, precision machine work for them. What's a precision camera machinist? Well, you know, the move the movie, the like the things that move the film through uh, those little fine fingers—they have to be exact or it tears the film right uh and I made parts for cameras oh wow. and I need replacement parts i'm especially for walt's uh, uh the two story one or three story one where he does does his uh, uh, uh cells Oh, the multi plane camera yeah no kidding and uh and then uh I built the first zoom lens that was ever built, and that was built for Walt's uh multiplane camera what year was that when did you start with disney let's see i think it was around around fifty, fifty nine, fifty eight, 59 58 somewhere along in there but so i worked on several things like uh mary mary poppins did you uh i built a little robin that sang to her in the window that she has on her finger that's a mechanical robin right and uh what? And I, I built the tiki birds uh and uh, develop the animal skins for the animals, methods of molding them. I don't know, it just goes on and on and on. How did you get from working on cameras to working on audio animatronics? Well, uh, Walt uh, wanted uh, to build uh, Abraham Lincoln. And uh, he brought it to the to the shop. My boss, who was Roger Broggi Sr. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, we were going to build Abraham Lincoln's head. Here, go build it. Uh-huh. And uh, he tried to take it to the engineering department. and They fooled with it for about a month. And they couldn't figure out what to do with it. And so he took it from there and handed it to me to do. And uh, so, I, down in the shop, I proceeded to to build the mechanics for it. Hmm. And then it, but the problem was, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, skins, uh, trying to make a skin, uh, the only thing we had to use at that time was latex. And latex, uh, lasts about five to six months at the most. Oh. And then it deteriorates in the smog in California. Oh. So that got a problem. So that's when I, I worked with a friend of mine that was a chemist. And we worked and developed the hot melt vinyl, which ended up being used for, not only for Lincoln's head, his hands, uh, all the elephants, animals, I uh, developed the methods of molding those, and uh, just a few little things. Oh, that's great. So uh, when you were working on Lincoln, you were saying there was all kinds of details, not just opening and closing the mouth. That's right, he, he could actually wink, brink, frown, raise his eyebrows, smile. He could actually pounce his words. He, he could say his A-E-I-O-U's. He had a tongue that worked with the speech. Uh, he looked so real that uh, when we took it to the New York World's Fair, uh, I used to sit up in the audience and, uh, and listen to people talk, and they thought, oh, that's, that's not a mechanical man, that's a real, that's an actor. Actually, do the programming on it. How was it programmed? That was the biggest problem we had. I built. We got the figure built. We didn't have computers, and that's why you saw that picture of me sitting in front of the movie right? We tried to use. Two, we hooked two movie olives together, and I used silver paint, actual silver, and painted little stripes on, on the different. Uh, made a set of shoes that would ride on the, on the tape. Or the film, as you call it, and uh, it would make contact, and, and the thing would move. And then depends on how long the silver stripe was as to how far it would move. Uh, that was very crude, and it was it would. Well, sometimes it would move right, sometimes it wouldn't. And uh, we tried a number of different ways, and uh, finally, one of the electricians—I don't—I don't know to this day who did that—came up with an idea of using tuned reeds frequency reads. And uh, so we tried that and by whatever frequency uh, you put in, uh, that's how far the cylinder would move or or the motion would move. And uh, I also developed a uh, pneumatic cylinder that you could position. Uh Disney patented that Make make an air cylinder position. Normally air cylinders go from one end to the other. Oh. And uh, I said, well, I didn't know any better. So I just said, you know, I, th- I think you could do the same thing with air and uh, I figured out a, a way to, to do it. And then they hired a hydraulic research company to manufacture them and, uh, and then of course they didn't patent them. And, but we use those in a lot of the things. Like, uh, and, and we used after we figured out the valvings, so we could move to the different air cylinders. Uh, and We figured out a set of valves we could use to operate things like the mouth and the, and then the actual uh, mouth opening uh, was levered so that when the, one, thiotron, uh coil was mounted in his head when the mouth, when the cylinder would move to whatever position, that's, that's how far out the mouth would open. And then you have other cylinders that would control the sides of the mouth. So you'd bring it into an O or, and things like that. So, wow. But, uh, and then to finally program it, we, when we did figure out that we could do it with tune reeds, then we bought a bunch of tuned reeds units. And then, you know, everybody, they, they talked to even today about people making... Uh, joysticks to control things yeah oh we made two of them back in uh about i think it was 1963. Uh-huh. Uh, made two of them and had dash pots and everything on, on them and so were, by using your two hands because it you had to move you stop and figure Lincoln try to try getting out of a chair and see how many parts of your body move at one time yeah you're, you're you know your, your knees, your hips, your shoulders, your arms. your So we, we did it with two two joysticks. We didn't have anything. We had to build everything. It had never been done before. Yeah, nope. It really hasn't been done much since. How did the tongue come into play in the head? Did you have to actually program the tongue? Was it just there or no. did it move? Well, we, I had it so it would move, but we really didn't use it much, because had, in the lighting and in the distance he was from the audience, uh, he really couldn't uh, see anything. So the problem we ran into was that we had more moves in Lincoln mm-hmm. than we could program. We didn't use everything. Yeah. He could reach behind his back, he could pick up oh. a glass, he could, hold, he could pick up an egg without breaking it. Did you uh, ever practice? Did you ever try doing that, not for the show itself, but just to see, to see him actually doing that? Yeah, for sure. We tried flat food with it all the time. Oh, wow. What was the atmosphere like? What was it like working with your coworkers? Was it fun or was it stressful? What was it like in those days? Uh, up until the, la- the last few months, <clears throat> when we started running out of time, uh, then we started working 17 hours a day. Uh, but uh, up until that time, it, you, know, you get up in the morning to go to work, and you know, driving to work, you're happy to go, and you and you stop, and you think, now, what was that problem I had, and how can I fix it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and uh, so driving to and from work was a was a real good uh, thought time, uh, and you enjoyed going to work. Right. You looked forward to going to work. Oh, that's And awesome. I liked it particularly because... Uh, uh, Walt would uh, sometimes come in and pull up a high stool, because uh, we had stools and benches, a mm-hmm. little shop where I where the, had lathes in the mill and torches, everything in the in cubicles. Oh. And uh, so I had my, my own little spot, and he'd come and pull up a chair, a stool beside me, and rap about what I was doing. He always called me by my last name. Yeah? He says, well, what are we working on today, Gladish? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And I'd chat with him, and, and uh, so he would look at what I was doing, and you know, he'd, he'd say, well, that's, that's that's fine, that's great, you know, and uh, I showed him the tiki birds, and and uh, I also built the hands uh, and wrist turns, and I, I didn't make all the parts because I had to have help, but uh, I designed most of it, and uh, I made a hand that every finger was independent. Yeah. Uh, which and, and put the skin on it with a fingerprint so it it looked like a real hand. You were talking about Walt. What kind of person was Walt? What were your thoughts about him? Walt was kinda like he was kinda like a pal. He 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 loved to to experiment with things. Uh sometimes he would sit and tell me some of the things that uh that what he's thinking about doing and uh he just, uh, he always came in a lot of times in an old gray suit, needing a shave. Uh, he just looked like a bum, wandering around through the place. Really? Yes. And, uh, and one thing he told me, he said, uh, he said, yeah, sure, sometimes I wish I could get rid of my yes-men. Because oh. a lot of times they'd follow him around, and any time he'd open his mouth, it was, yes, Walt, yes, Walt, yes, Walt. <laughs> He said, I wish to have one of them <laughs> one time would say no, <laughs> really <Yeah. laughs> and, uh no, he had a good personality he was uh he was serious with what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. You could tell his mind was going ninety for ninety miles an hour all the time oh cool. you know he could it uh, it was he was always thinking I had somewhere. On several occasions, I said, talking about spending money and things like that. And he says, I don't want to make a lot of money. He says, I want to keep my prices down. All I want to do is make enough profit to make more and better shows. Hmm. That's all he wanted to do. Did he actually tell you about the projects you would be working on? Would he come to you and say, I want you to work on something? Uh... Sometimes, yes. But most of the time he would, t- would tell my boss what he wanted. Huh? But, or he'd tell me, you know, we need a bird. Yeah. Need a, he, and My boss, he's, he's a senior. He he knew that I would come through with whatever he wanted. And he just told me, he says, we got to make a tiki bird. And we got to make tiki drummers. And we got to make this and we got to make that. So you did it all? You were working on the, the tiki gods up there that are drumming away? And, and, and birds turn. and flowers and everything? Yep. And they, but uh, made the cages turn and uh, made the birds talk and fit their wings in their chests and all that. And very good, Mister Brogi was. Everybody in the place was that worked there. Most of them were scared to death of him. Oh, really? Because he was a tough, tough bird. Was he? And uh, well, he was, but he wasn't. Uh, he'd uh, we'd, he would want me to go to Disneyland Land with him to troubleshoot something there, and he'd say, come on, Gladys, let's go. We'd get in his car, and as soon as we got out out of the gate, out of the studios, he turned into a different person. Really? Yeah. He just did it. and He knew I was working on kind of, uh, actually building a, I had a a little boat business I was kind of doing on side heights, and um, I building a ski boat, and his son was helping me build that. And uh, he uh, he asked me how my business was going, you know, how how the boat was coming. You know, he just totally different person. And that's something. Huh? I, I, I knew he was a big, uh, really a big softie, but uh, but I never told anybody. Yeah, you know, I just little little bit scared of him. <laughs> you had said that, for example, you would go down to Disneyland if there was a problem down there. What types of problems mm-hmm. might they have that you would go down to the park and work on? Uh, well. Sometimes, uh, uh, like your, uh, air cylinders or your water, water cylinders that they were using underwater, they would, uh, you couldn't buy things that were durable. And, uh, so we'd go look at the problem and then uh, sometimes I would go back to the shop and, and, uh, make something new to go in its place. And, you know, just, and I work with the, developed the skins for the animals and, uh, was we had uh, we were having the skins are it's a very soft material it's the same shore hardness as our human skin oh. and then on the on the inside of it in, you had to put a thin layer of harder plastic uh so that it would wear otherwise it would need like an eraser well you're moving parts and uh but the, well, like even as an example uh, the skins were falling off the zebras and we couldn't figure out what was, what was wrong. And I took a temperature. What happened was, was the black stripes were getting so hot, uh, and the, the white stripes weren't, weren't getting that hot. And they were getting so hot that it actually almost melted. Wow. So the, the weight, the weight of the thick skin, it, it would break loose. You know, things like that. And, and you just had to figure out real quickly a solution. Yeah. Something like that happened. Yeah, that's okay. basically what I what I did. I, I was a troubleshooter, okay. and uh, the vacuum form uh, machine that they have, I, I I built it. Taught them how to vacuum form stuff, and uh, and what was that used for? Well, like if you look at Lincoln, the one in the in the there, you will see that he has uh, body shaped parts on him, but you can see through them. Right. Clear, clear plastic and they've been vacuum formed to shape and then trimmed and put on well that and they had a big one they used to maybe use it as special effects uh they put a bunch of boulders uh, on the vacuum table it was a big vacuum table it was uh I guess, it was about about four by eight something like that it would take a full sheet of plastic and then they would put uh like you say you wanted a rock wall so they put pile all these little rocks on there and then that pull the sheet vacuum the sheet. Sheet, get it hot, and pull it down on there. And it would look like a rock wall, and all we had to do was paint it. Oh. Man, uh, things like that. It was just stuff that I did. You mentioned the Jungle Cruise, the Tiki Room. Um, did you work on. Uh, uh, I built these submarines for Disney World. What was your involvement with the submarine? I was responsible for getting them built. You were? Yes, I, I stayed here. I'm the only one from California. I stayed here. And. Uh, was the manager. Uh, in fact, if you look at uh, 929 Leeds at the Sea, you'll see me holding the model. Uh, I was the project manager for, for the, all that, uh, the locomotives and the submarines and all that stuff. Oh. So they sent me. They said, well, the way it happened is you, you know Bob Gurr, mm-hmm. and uh, Mr. Brogy told Bob and Ida that we were plan to Florida, so we flew down here with him, and he he took us into Tampa Dry Dock and said, uh, we're going to build, a, build the submarines and the launches and some of that other stuff. We're going to. We lease lease one of their buildings, and they're going to furnish the people, but somebody has to manage it. And he says, "One of you says, one of you two guys is going to have to stay here and manage the project for Disney World." and well, Bob Gurr was in the midst of designing the monorail train. He, right. he couldn't do it. Right. <laughs> so, that, so that kind of left me. <laughs> so I I was here a year and something, uh, building all the stuff for Disney World. And in fact, I've got a list of about uh, 15 different things I built at Tampa and Ship and Dry Dock. We, we leased uh, one of the big buildings there, and that's where we, I, I came down here to Florida to build the submarines and the launches and and uh, paddle wheel and you know stuff like that
1: oh, and
0: uh so i had a big and all uh, the little steam locomotives too i had to take we took old steam locomotives and i had to take them all apart uh and re- rebuild them from the, from the wheels up or trucks as they call them from the trucks up i didn't know much about steam engines until after i got through building rebuilding three, three of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would do it i guess i put new boilers in them and and I made fiberglass cab for them, and uh, I also ran the fiberglass shops uh, part time. Oh, wow. uh I made the railroad cars that you tow around with the same engines. What they did is they they made they established a little company called Mapo, mm-hmm. and uh, which was first understood from Mary Poppins. Right, and uh, I, I worked there, I, I ran uh, the plastic shops. That's where that's where I developed. Uh, the skins and methods of molding because we had to mold mold the elephants and things like that. Hmm. Uh, It's it's quite a process to uh, make the molds for big animals and things like that and and, and be able to use a hot hot melt material on them. You you had to do so much creating since it had not been done. Do you remember anything where you were working on and just thinking, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this? I was one of those young enough guys that... uh, didn't know it couldn't be done, so I just go ahead and do it. <laughs> That's great. You worked on the World's Fair. I you... did the Lincoln building, building exhibit, and uh, I, I had built some of the animals. Uh, it was for uh, I think It was Ford exhibit. Oh, the Ford exhibit. The dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, somebody had to make the dinosaurs. I guess so. Was it a, any more of a challenge because of the size? Mm, not really. A uh, 10-foot ten, ten bull African, African elephant is about as, as big a challenge as you'd want. I guess so. Uh, you were also saying you did the uh, the bird that uh, Mary Poppins, that lands on Mary Poppins' hand? Yeah. It was a little teeny one with little teeny air saunders. Now, I had heard that the bird, that one from Mary Poppins, ended up in the uh, Carousel of Progress. Well, I worked on Carousel of I Did you uh, work on that also? Not a lot of it, part of it. What was your involvement with that? Well, talking people from, you know, partially some of the ideas in there. Of course, the dog. I had fun making the dog's tail wag. Yeah? <laughs> These crazy little things, you know. I actually saw an article uh, where the lady just could not believe. She was just absolutely sure the dog was real that was not an audio animatronic <laughs> in this particular newspaper article well he could growl, he growl and bark and he just use a cylinder to open and close his mouth <laughs> and uh with the valving systems that we use you could open it at different distances yeah and then making his tail wag was that's another little situation that's a bunch of little little uh if you want to call them universal joints oh yeah <laughs> a bunch of little joints that to, to allow the Bend. you have any other World's Fair stories you remember? Uh, well, we got there and we, we had to join the electrical union in order to install our equipment oh. in New York. So before we left the studios, we all joined the IBEW. Hmm. So we get the equipment and we, we get it all down there. And of course, they have to have their union electrician hook it up down in the basement because it was a basement we had an elevator turning really in to go up on up on and uh this electrician he came in came in to hook, it, to hook the stuff up and he looked at it and looked at it again and he said uh, you know fellas he says i don't know anything about any of this equipment hmm. he says i have to be here because the union says i do you guys go ahead and hook it up really i <laughs> will sit and watch it <laughs> It uh, it was a, a, I'll say, a fun time of my life. Yeah, it was like working in a big hobby shop. We hope you've enjoyed this Mouse Clubhouse conversation. Thank you for joining us.